This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast coming to you from Richmond Park on a dramatic Friday night as I speak, uh, but most likely Saturday morning, afternoon or evening as you listen. St. Patrick's Athletic getting a 2-1 victory against Dundalk here. They had a man sent off after they conceded an equaliser, but found a way to win. Lonergan setting up Carty to give them a 2-1 victory. We'll get the thoughts of former St. Pat's defender Colin Hawkins on that very shortly. Elsewhere in the league, Shamrock Rovers had three players sent off in a one little defeat to Cork City at Turner's Cross. Neil Horgan, ex-Cork City fullback, will join us to talk about that. Drogheda beat UCD by three goals to one. Draper with another two goals for the Drogs. Paul Crowley will join us to tell us all about it. And on... Uh, the TV game on RTE, they really should have chosen this one, but they didn't. They chose Bowles and Shelburne and they got a nil-all draw. Reaction to come and analysis of all of those games to come here on the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. But first, let's talk about what happened here in Richmond Park. St. Pat's beating Dundalk by two goals to one. Colin Hawkins, who was on co-commentary for the LOI TV stream of the game. What did you make of it? Absolutely loved the game, Oshin. It was an absolute cracking game to come to. The crowd had gone home absolutely buzzing. That's what you want to see. Um, you know, it was a brilliant game. Uh, some, gr- some great goals scored um, obviously the flashpoint with, with uh, Jake Mulroney he's disappointed he's going to be suspended now possibly three games suspension but the reaction from St. Pat's when they went to 1-1 was superb and uh, their two goals are very similar just thinking about them there the one from uh, Mark Doyle and Conor Carty maybe Stephen O'Donnell will look at him won't be too happy the defenders maybe sleeping in the back, back stick on both of them but a really really entertaining game two, two teams trying to play football in the correct way and uh, Pat's definitely shaded over, over the night over the, the 90 minutes I'm not sure if you can hear it in the background, but the St. Pat's fans are filing out on the far side. They're singing a song that is uncomplimentary to Stephen O'Donnell. Um, There's a real Taylor Swift energy off that. They just can't get over their ex. That's football and these things happen and fans hold on to it. I, I, I think it's a bit needless, but you could... It kind of fed into the atmosphere tonight and certainly at full time, this felt like more than just three points, didn't it? It did, and in fairness to Stephen, he was very brave with the substitutions. At halftime, he introduced three players, and they looked like they were going to be the ones. Tullock obviously got the instant impact with the goal, and it looked like Stephen was going to be the one celebrating that they kick on and win the game. But again, just as it then went to uh, three at the back on their very first attack, then uh, Pats have gone down and got the winner, which which turned out to be winner. So Stephen was brave. He went. To, he saw it at halftime that the game was there to be won, but it's backfired a little bit, and Pats have come out with the th- three massive points for them. Well, let's break down. The first goal, St. Pat's going 1-0 up to Mark Doyle. It was a very decent ball in from Mulraney, who was to be involved in one of the other key incidents of this game later on. Shepard pushed it away. There wasn't much more he could have done with it, but Doyle reacted for his fourth of the season. The Dundalk defence won't be happy with it, will they? No, again, as, as a right full there, you just a better body position. You can see what's coming behind you. But I don't think even you, Mark Doyle was there. And as I said, Shepard done well to parry to his right. Mark Doyle with the simple finish. He did one or two chances just before that. So, you know, it was an easy finish for him in the end. Then St. Pat's conceded in a very disappointing way. As you say, Stevie O'Donnell was very brave in his substitutions, made three, and it certainly worked out. Tullock with the equaliser. He was, he was one of the uh, subs. A header two and a half minutes in to the second half. A goal that, again, St. Pat's won't be happy with conceding. No, they won't. Tullock, he was given far too much room in the box. A danger man like that, he needs to be picked up. So he, he got in between the two centre-halves too easily. It's probably the first time any bit of quality came in from the left-hand side because I thought uh, Anto Breslin, for me, he was probably the man of the match, to be honest. When he went to right full, again, it's not his normal position. They had two bad injuries in the first half from St. Pat's. And again, you know, full credit for them to, to, to be able to dig in like that, um, losing two defenders like that. But Anto Breslin did a great job. But on, on that particular goal, uh, they didn't defend it particularly well. Let's talk... 
about the sending off incident that happened not long after that. We've seen replays, but again, I think it's fair to say, Colin, as we speak on Friday night, almost immediately after the game, we're still not 100% sure why Ray Matthews, the referee, sent off Mulraney and didn't punish Conor Malley at all, despite the fact that he got him into a headlock. No, I, I thought, you know, there was, a, there was a lot went on and it went on for a little bit longer. But for me, I, I thought I was gonna, we were going to see two red cards or be very lenient and two yellows. But again, when he got him in a headlock, I thought he was going to be in trouble. Was it for the little kick Mulraney gave before that or was there more that we didn't see? Um, and there was handbags between other players as well. So a difficult one for the referee and the linesman to get involved with. But, you know, ultimately it's cost Jake Mulraney and, and a suspension. But, but again, ultimately it didn't cost past the point because they kicked on really well after that. I think Mally might have actually got a yellow, but I, I, again, in the craziness of after the match, I, I, I've lost my notes, so I, I'd have to get that confirmed. Uh, what about the winner, Lonergan? When he came on, we said he'd had pace and work rate, and he combined that with his skill to set up Carty. Yeah, he sure did. And again, he got in around the back post. Conor Carty with a nice finish went in off the, we just went in off the crossbar. But again, they went, they went for it. You know, Pats, they, they went with brave substitutions. They put a lot of more energy up front. Uh, Owen Doyle and that was brought off. And again, you know, just, just rewards for John Daly. I said it during the game. He seemed to be the calmest man in the stadium and seemed to have, a, have an absolute plan right from, from minute one. And there was a really good shape to them tonight, uh, despite the injuries. And hopefully the, the two boys at the back, you know, we wish them well with them injuries because, because one of them in particular didn't, didn't, didn't look good you know so hopefully them, them boys aren't, aren't as bad as feared and what about the scenes at the end of the uh, game live on LOI TV you said it felt like they were celebrating a league win the, the noise was um, the loudest I've heard here at uh, Inchicore in quite some time and, and the players just looked like they were flying off the ground like it just it felt like something more than just three points in a win in a standard league match yeah, absolutely. The place was rocking. And again, full credit to John Daly. You know, I heard a lot of disrespectful stuff during the week that maybe he shouldn't have got the job or other people should have been looked at. But, you know, he'd, he'd done absolutely brilliant in, in the previous four games. Uh, he's got a huge, really strong track record as a player. He's worked under people like Craig Levine. He knows what he's doing. And I could see it tonight, the, the difference in the way they played, the tempo from the first minute. I hadn't seen that previously here in the last few games. So definitely the players responded to what he's doing and the, the, the celebration at the end. But again, this club demands silverware. It doesn't want to be lang languishing fifth, sixth position. It wants to be up there challenging the Rovers and the Derry. They still have a bit of a way to go, but, but they're, they're definitely on the right track. And he made the switches during the game under tough circumstances. He lost two players through injury in the first half. And yet still they look solid. It says an awful lot about the way he has planned things, the way he has set things out, the way players knew their job, even when circumstances changed. Absolutely. The back four did really well. But again, when you've got Dean Linus uh, looking very dominant in behind them and Jamie Lennon in front of them, I think it was the 150th game for the club. Again, two really solid units in front of the back four. It really helped them. But again, with them changes, you've got J Jay Clellan going, going on the wrong side. You've Anto Breslin switching over to right back. And they just, in fairness, uh, Sam Curtis kept getting moving right full into centre back. But they just dealt with it. They all did their jobs. But again, they kept offering that attack and threat, which is really impressive to see. What will Stevie O'Donnell take from this game and this performance? Again, it's the first time I've seen them dock live. I spoke to Stephen before the game. He's got a lot of really good players he's brought in, introduced to the club late on um, and has very little time to work with them. And he's had a lot of injuries. They're starting to come back. You see a really strong bench tonight. I was blown away by Keith Ward when he came on the second half. Um, whether you can get him into team regular, I know he's, he's, he's on the wrong side age-wise, but again, he gets them playing. But a lot of positives in the dock team. You know, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff there. for. They're, they're going to be languishing in around your pats and your bows. There's definitely going to be that little mini 
any battle for that third, fourth place. I think uh, I think Rovers and Derry are still a little bit ahead of the rest. But I think Stephen, you know, he's going to be absolutely good at you know coming away from Pats um, after beating them already in the season. But I'm sure he'll look at it, analyse it, look at the positives, and you know you've no time to feel sorry for yourself. You got to dust down and go again. Okay, Callan Hawkins, thank you very much for joining us here in Richmond Park where St. Pat's have beaten Dundalk by two goals to one. Uh, still to come on the extratime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast, Paul Crowley will tell us how Drogheda beat uh, UCD by three goals to one. Neil Horgan was watching Cork City's 1-0 victory against Shamrock Rovers. That's a second win in a row for Cork City. It's a big one as well. Of course, last week they beat uh, Sligo Rovers. Also, Owen Heary. Uh, we'll analyse Bo's scoreless draw against Shelburne. We'll also run through the first division results. Galway winning again and they are flying away with it. Right now though, let's get some reaction from Richmond Park. We'll hear from the two managers. First, John Daly of St. Pat's. John Daly, manager of St. Patrick's Athletic. A 2-1 win in what I'd call dramatic circumstances here at Richmond Park. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was very dramatic. Um, no, it was a very entertaining game. I thought we started really well. Um, had loads of energy. Look, I think the way the game kind of went and ebbed and flowed, I think, you know, I thought when we scored and we went ahead in the first half, I thought we were justified in that. I thought we deserved to go ahead. Um, they've made a two or three, I think, three changes at half time, which, you know, they've obviously got themselves right back into the game um, after half time with a good goal. Um, I haven't seen it back, but it looked like a, a well worked goal. And then obviously the melee and stuff like that with the red card and uh, Jake getting sent off put us down to 10 men. and um, and then it's obviously great for the, the lads coming off, off the bench then to combine to go and win us, win us the game with a, with a great finish I don't know if you've been told why or if you're 100% sure why but in commentary we speculated Colin and I but I don't think we could say with any great amount of certainty why Jake was given a straight red do you know why? I think his reaction to the like I think Mali from my view Mali had him kind of in a, in a kind of headlock um, and then there was a obviously a Millier players came in to try and free Jake from that. Um, but then I think Jake kind of comes back in and, and I think he raised his hand. So um, look, uh, the ref's obviously right on hand with that one and he makes a call. And so you can't you can't really argue with that. Um, what about the way you won it? It was one all. You'd lost a man, but then Lonergan made that burst down the right. He was a sub. He teed it up for Carty. Another sub. I'm sure as a manager, it's great when those changes work. But the way they worked that goal, it wasn't just about those two, but they were the ones who finished it. You must have been really pleased with that. Yeah, delighted for the lads because, you know, everybody wants to start games. It's it's impossible to start everyone. You can only start 11 players. And um, I think the way the game went, obviously, you know, losing Axel after three or four minutes with his hamstring. Then Tom Gravosti, you know, we hope he's OK. I, we haven't uh, had any news back on that. He went off after about 20, 25 minutes. So we've already kind of down two stoppages. So we only had one stoppage left. So... Um, we kind of rolled the dice and put on put on three players, and you know, thankfully two of them combined. And then even Ben Ben at the end had a really good chance to finish it off and, and cap it at three one. And um, you know, went round Shepherd and Shepherd got back and made a save. But now great for the lads to you know, great for Tommy. Tommy's obviously he's he's chomping at the bit. He's he's wanting to go and get his first goal for the club um, this season, and you know, but he's working extremely hard and. Um, you know he's been fantastic, and I think he once he gets one goal, he will he will kick on. So, um, but he's come on and he set up the winner for us, which, which for me is just as good as scoring the goal. The atmosphere and the noise at the end of this game was at a level that I've never witnessed here, and I've been coming here a long time and doing games for the last the start of this season and a lot of last season. Does it feel like more than three points, given the way you got the win and the circumstances 
that you got them in or got the win in yeah i can see what you mean it's still three points at the end of the day but yeah i think the circumstances surrounding it i think you know it's obviously been a difficult day for myself and my family as well my my wife's father and my wife's father died this morning as well okay so. i'm very sorry i didn't yeah, know that no, sorry to so hear that okay. we spoke to the group about that before the game and you know like that her life is short it's precious you, you you're not going to be a football player forever so yeah. go out and make memories and i think they certainly done that tonight with the effort and you know you look at the work rate they put in i think fans respond to that you know we can't always guarantee that we're going to play well but we can guarantee that we're going to work our socks off every game and for the full 90 minutes and you know i'm very proud of the players tonight that they went out and done that and um yeah it's it was a fantastic atmosphere and um, it's one it's one that we'll remember and you know we obviously now need to back it up next week okay well look uh, regards to your wife and your family you. I'm sorry for your last time no, talk please thank you you know we had everything going in our favour second half and we just gave up a terrible goal so like from that point of view we only have ourselves to blame yeah we didn't exploit them enough when, when they went down to 10 men there wasn't enough probably from our point of view incisiveness incisiveness their precision and Real relentlessness to go beat the door down, I suppose. So, from that point of view, it's disappointing. As you said, I thought we started the second half well and we had a good foothold in the game. And um, I thought, like, when we equalised, it was only going to be one winner. And But you, you can't give up. You can't give up the goals we're giving up at the minute. We're just giving up sloppy, sloppy goals. And we got to eradicate that, obviously. It's just disappointing tonight. Mm. We had the game in, in our palm, in the, in the lap of our, in our laps, and, and we gave it away. Stephen, you kept the players in. I think it's over an hour after the game in the dressing room. Was it home truths? Was it shouting? What we? No, what we it was just let like let's. It was just good, honest chat. It wasn't, wasn't shouting or bowling. It was like, you know, we got to we got to improve. We got to get better. Uh, like from a constructive point of view, everyone involved and and um, talking about it, you know. It was just a little bit off tonight you had a lot of possession the stats a lot of them were in your favour what what was it what cost you the, the point or the three points uh, look when you um, we didn't start the game great I thought we were a little bit I thought it was there to be you know to really go and exploit them and I thought we got a foothold 10 minutes before half time and then after it and then when the second half happened the game got a bit emotional got messy and galvanised them a little bit and then when, when it died down a little bit and we had all the possession like we, we didn't go we, we, we didn't penetrate enough you know This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast and that was Stephen O'Donnell the Dundalk head coach following their 2-1 loss at St. Pat's and you could probably hear it in the background there anti-Stephen O'Donnell chance there was a small crowd of St. Pat's supporters who waited around they were outside the ground and they were chanting at him. Um, quite frankly, I could think of better things to do with my Friday night than chant at my former manager. But there you go. Now, I've no doubt that you've seen or heard about it. The sick things that were shouted at Stephen Bradley, the Shamrock Rovers head coach at uh, Turner's Cross. The abuse came from outside of the ground and Cork City have been very swift to absolutely condemn it and those responsible for it. I'm a Cork City fan. I'd add my voice to that. Whoever shouted those kind of things at Stephen Bradley about his family, there is no place for them in any League of Ireland club or following any League of Ireland club. And all reasonable League of Ireland fans would say that, would agree with that. All reasonable people. Um, Stephen Bradley wants them banned for life. I would absolutely agree with that. And this is a link I have had to re-record several times because 
it's hard to describe what what happened and it's hard to describe those people without using swear words but we all know what they are and if you know who they are then you need to tell Cork City or Shamrock Rovers or the Gardaí because th- th- those people have absolutely no place and, and I'll say this as a Cork City fan around our club and I, again I'll repeat it all Cork City fans all reasonable ones would agree with that this is what Cork City have had to say about it this is what they said on Twitter Pretty quickly last night, it has to be said, this tweet went up at 25 past 10. Cork City FC wish to unreservedly condemn the actions of a handful of individuals who directed disgusting abuse at Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley from outside the stadium shortly after tonight's match. The club will work with all relevant authorities to identify those involved and to take the appropriate action against those involved. On behalf of the club, we wish to apologise to Mr Bradley for the actions of these individuals. This podcast is all about football and voice notes and on most occasions fans and supporters and players and managers and analysts use their voices well they use it to talk about something they love but we have to be careful in how we use our voice and when you use your voice to send a sick message and say sick things like these people did then you need to have a long hard look at yourself and i'll say it again if you know who these people are inform the guardie inform cork city inform Shamrock Rovers they have no place in any League of Ireland club or around any League of Ireland club the abuse came from outside the ground but it's just not acceptable as for the match itself well Shamrock Rovers had three players sent off and lost 1-0 Stephen Bradley not happy with the referee after the game as you can imagine former Cork City fullback Neil Horgan watched it for us and afterwards sent us this voice note quite bizarre game in Turners Cross tonight uh, Cork City 1-0 winners over Shamrock Rovers not a result that many people would have foreseen and not a not a game that I, the likes of I haven't seen for a long time the game was mute in the first half not a lot happening Rovers probably on top a few chances here or there for the likes of Richie Towle uh, one on one with the goalkeeper was unlucky with, a, with another dipping volley but nothing much happening till Richie Towle received his marching orders for what seemed like an off-the-ball incident. Uh, hard to see what, what the ref, uh, Sean Grant, picked up. He received his marching orders just before half-time. Second half turned into something of a bizarre spectacle when two more Shamrock Rovers players were sent off within within five to ten minutes. First sub, Johnny Kenny, um, came on and, and was... was, was seemed to be given out about a tackle where he, he was put into the, the advertisement board literally 30 seconds after coming on got a yellow and then within another minute of that perhaps or maybe two minutes he was late uh, going in on, on uh, Josh Honan um, but it, to be fair to the John Johnny Kenny it looked a bit harsh in my eyes to be getting a second yellow for that uh, even though it would have been a foul then things got worse for Rovers when Sean Hoare was adjudged to have made a dangerous tackle. It's probably a bit more merit in, in that yellow card than, than Johnny, Johnny Kenny's, to be fair, um, and also received his, his marching orders. It was nil-nil at that stage, and nil-nil up till the 85 minutes. Cork City trying to uh, go past an unusual formation for uh, Shamrock Rovers. Firstly, they... Uh, resorted to 4-3 formation and following that uh, for the, I suppose last 15 minutes or so they had a 3-3 3-2-1 formation 3-3-1 formation keeping um, 
first Jack Byrne up front and then Aaron Green who came off and uh, came on and ran gamefully. And Lopez and other Shamrock Rovers defenders on the night defended fantastically to keep the game at nil all uh, with only eight men. Cork City found it very hard to break them down. They didn't seem to have the uh, cutting edge um, trying, I suppose, spectacular crosses and shots from long range for, for too long before finally good work from Daniel Krasovic and, and Kevin Kostovic, two uh, signings for, for Cork City this year, who uh, Kostovic in particular played very well tonight, I felt, when he moved into the middle of the park, uh, resulted in a, a, a Rory Keating again being the hero for Cork City with a lovely finish and a very well-worked goal with about five minutes to go. After that, um, perhaps ten minutes to go, after that, City were in control. There was, I suppose, a bit of danger that the... the Rovers were dangerous from from set pieces and the like, but they couldn't really uh, garner any any energy to get to get back into the game. And it finished here one 0 to, to Cork City. And I think referee Sean Grant won't be a popular man with the Rover supporters tonight. Um, what was a bizarre uh, result. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast, and that was former Cork City fullback Neil Horgan, who watched an extraordinary series of events in Turner's Cross. Shamrock Rovers with three players sent off in a 1-0 defeat to Cork City. It finished scoreless between Bowes and Shelburne at Daly Mount Park in the own Heary Derby. So it's only right that we get the man himself to send us a voice note, which he did, and here it is. Hi O'Shane, just home from the game tonight, Dublin Derby between Bowes and Shells. Not the best game, to be, to be honest. Both teams cancelled each other out, worked hard off the ball, defensively were very good. Neither keeper had to make a save throughout the game. Closest anything came to scoring was Bowes in the first half and then he could free kick about 20, 25, 30 yards out, clipped the top of the crossbar. Other than that, no talking points. And both teams got home on a point. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast and that was Owen Heary who watched Bowes scoreless draw with Shelburne. Let's go to Weavers Park. Drogheda, 3-1 victors against UCD. There for us and of course for LOI TV and LMFM was Paul Crowley and afterwards he sent us this voice note. Trot United came out winners in the end. Deserved winners come the end of the game with a 3-1 victory. Didn't start off so great for them with um, Adam Wells' goal on 20 minutes with UCD taking a shock lead. It was about tonight for Kevin Dottery's side after talking to him before the game was just getting the result after last week's result, just trying to put back-to-back wins together. So the performance wasn't as good as it could have been. But listen, as I said, it's just about getting the result tonight. They got back into the game then just on the 42nd minute with Freddie Draper continuing his great form from last week on the 42nd minute. Um, looked very close to being offside. I think the UCD bench were, were stood up and just really claiming for an offside. But he, he doesn't hesitate and he just puts the ball in the back of the net and then looks across as any good striker should. Looking like the game was going to go in at half-time into one-all and Freddie Draper again in the 45th minute who again, three goals in a week is in some run of form. Um, gives Drotted a lead at half-time in a, in a half that looked like it was going to finish scoreless. Come the second half, UCD started bright. Really had a go at Drotted in the first 10 minutes. Drotted just, just sat behind the ball and just dug in. Looking for that third goal the whole time then as the second half grew on. UCD looking to get back into the game. Looking like they might have got back into it. But again, Dylan Grimes, who arrived late in the box, just took a chance on a throw-in. Freddie Draper flicked on. He made a great run from deep midfield and just took a chance and gambled as he had a few times in the game and this one paid off and he just gets his toe on the end of it just to make it 3-1 probably just a bit far games out of reach now for UCD at 3-1 with a team that doesn't score a lot of goals 
Um, Drotten went had three players looking like they could have missed the game next week if they received yellow cards. So they escaped that also tonight. Um, with Cork's massive win, as you would have heard tonight against Shamrock Rovers. So that's Cork and Drotten in the last two weeks, back-to-back wins. So it sets up for a thrilling encounter next week as Cork City come up here to Weavers Park. So um, Drotten in good form, looking for to pick up nine points out of nine come next week, but it's, they're going to face an informed Cork City side, so a real thriller next week. But it finished just 3-1, Drogheda United. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast, and that was Paul Crowley who watched Drogheda get a 3-1 win against UCD. We'll run through the table in just a moment, but first, in the first division, Galway United overcame Athlone 3-1. Bray Wanderers drew 2 all with Cove Ramblers. Kerry FC lost 6-0 at home to Wexford, and Treaty United lost 3-0 to Finn Harps. That is a huge, huge victory for Finn Harps. Tomorrow in the Premier Division at 7.45, Sligo Rovers take on Derry City. It is live on LOI TV, but if you can't get to a TV or a laptop or however you watch uh, games on LOI TV, you can listen to it on Ocean FM, BBC Radio Foil or Drive 105. You are spoiled for choice. There's a full programme of fixtures in the Women's Premier Division. Shelburne up against P-Mount. DLR Waves take on Bowes. Cork City welcome Wexford Hughes. Shamrock Rovers take on Galway. And at Lone Meat Treaty United. Previews to all of those games on extratime.com. There will also be match reports. And in the First Division at 7.30, Longford take on Waterford FC. Let's just run through the Premier Division table. Derry City on top on 34 points. Shamrock Rovers second on 33 points. Bowes third on 30. Shamrock St. Pat's uh, fourth on 29 Dundalk 5th on 26, Shelburne 6th on 25, Drogheda 7th on 20, Sligo Rovers 8th on 19, Cork City 2nd from bottom on 15 and UCD bottom on 6 points. The Women's National League table, P-Mount on top on 25 points, Shamrock Rovers 2nd on 24 points, Shelburne 3rd on 22 points, Bohemians 4th on 21 points, Galway 5th on 19 points, Athlone 6th on 13 points, Wexford 7th on 13 points, Steel or Waves 8th on 8 points, Treaty United... In ninth on six points, Sligo Rovers second from bottom on three points and Cork City bottom on one point. And while the promotion race, while the the race for the automatic promotion spot, we should say, isn't all that interesting anymore because Galway are now 13 points clear of Waterford. Granted, they have played a game more. Maybe the race for the playoffs is interesting. Treaty United are in sixth position. That's one point off the playoffs. Treaty on 19 points. Athlone in fifth on 20 points. Cove fourth on 23 points. Bray third on 24 points. And Waterford second on 32 points Kerry bottom on 5 Finn Harps second from bottom on 17 Longford 8th on 17 and Wexford 7th on 18 well that's it for the extratime.com League of Ireland voice notes podcast coming to you from Richmond Park it's Friday night as I talk to you it's most likely Saturday as you listen don't forget you can read the match reports from all of last night's games on extratime.com and of course you can get in contact with us via Twitter at extratime news you can get me on at Oshin Langan Whatever you're up to for the rest of the weekend, enjoy it. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.